going on everybody you're here listening to another episode of hail to the thorn i hope 2021 is going great for everybody so far i hope it continues to go well we're going to be talking about a few things in this podcast all related to the college football playoff if you didn't hear the last episode i talked about ryan fitzpatrick and what could possibly happen to him during 2021 nfl offseason go check it out if you haven't listened to it hope y'all liked it if you did listen to it but today We're talking about the college football playoffs, and the college football playoffs for me is just something that I look forward to every year, ever since it became a thing in the 2014-2015 season. It adds so much more importance to those New Year's Six Bowls now. It adds more importance to the Power Five Conference Championships. So overall, it's awesome. I'd love to see it expand to at least six teams. I think I might make a podcast talking about it sometime in the future, but not right now. Just a little quick recap, you know, Bama-Notre Dame. Bama easily won this game 31-14. Notre Dame's defense actually wasn't that bad in the game. Despite giving up 31 points through four quarters, the most points Bama scored in a quarter was 14 points, and that was in the opening quarter. After that, Notre Dame made some adjustments, but we knew this game was pretty much over from the start. We knew it was pretty much over from when it was announced. Alabama's just too good of a team, a powerhouse, a mismatch completely for Notre Dame, and now you kind of got to look at, does Notre Dame really deserve another chance at social media? The internet, they've been outcrying that Notre Dame is worthless. They do not deserve to be in these big time bowls. They do not deserve to be taken a slot away from a different team to compete for a national championship because they really just don't pair up in these matchups well. Looking at some of the numbers, Mac Jones, a first round hopeful quarterback, had a really great game. 25 of 30 slinging the rock, 297 yards and four touchdowns through the air. Najee Harris didn't score a touchdown on the ground, but still put up 125 yards on 15 carries. And the Heisman hopeful... Devontae Smith, he should be clear-cut Heisman Trophy winner for me. I know they had to be submitted in this weekend, but after you watch his performance in this college football playoff game at the Rose Bowl, seven receptions, 130 yards, three receiving touchdowns, and crazy footwork on that sideline catch, uh, the touchdown catch. Just incredible receiver, man. Give that boy the Heisman. Give a wide receiver a Heisman. Let's mix it up, man. I'm tired of it being a quarterback award. But alongside with that, that Bama defense held Ian Book under 230 yards passing, even picked him off once, didn't give up a touchdown through the air. Despite that, 31-14, not a fun game to watch, really. Notre Dame didn't score its second touchdown until 56 seconds, I believe, remaining in the game. So really just a boring game to watch, easy to fall asleep in. And that just brings it up to what I'm going to talk about. Brian Kelly's frustrated about it. He's frustrated about the comments that Notre Dame shouldn't be there anymore. He said he's going to work hard to get back there. And I hope for their sake that they stay in the ACC. That way it keeps putting them through Power 5 competition, through a Power 5 schedule. And if they go... 12-0, 11-1, or if a COVID season again happens, at least they say, hey, we played a Power 5 schedule again and we deserve to be here. And then they'll go against a team like Clemson again, and that's how they should earn it. But if they lose that game again, heck no, don't put them in. It's a waste of time. Really, in my opinion, I didn't think they should be there. I know it's not just a biased opinion. A lot of people believe that Notre Dame shouldn't have even been in this competition, and they showed it on the field that they just couldn't match up with Bama. And it's not just this game, obviously. Notre Dame Listen to this number that I've got from ESPN. Notre Dame is 0-7 in BCS Bulls dating back since 1998. All seven losses to have been by at least 14, and in total they've been outscored by their opponents by 161 points over those seven games. It just makes the argument clear that Notre Dame should not be in the college football playoff. And a lot of people are claiming that it's because their academic standards don't allow some of these five-star, four-star, big-name recruits to go there because... They can't get in academically. Well, I understand Notre Dame is an excellent academic school to attend, so they're not going to change it. 
for football players. Football is extracurricular. They're trying to keep their name as a great university and no disrespect to them. But for the sake of college football playoffs, don't put them in if they're not a top tier team. It just hurts to watch. And the college football playoffs are so fun every year. And this year it was just kind of a letdown, even on both sides, which is going to carry us into the next game between Ohio State and Clemson. This was the game that people were more hopeful for. And boy, did Ohio State ruin the chances of it having one game at least competitive. This one was 49 to 28, and it was pretty much decided by the half. Ohio State came and balled out. And we're going to want to talk about Justin Fields because he did have a excellent night on the field but in this all-state sugar bowl we got to talk about someone else and i think that's trey sermon 31 carries 193 yards one touchdown to go along with that he also had four receptions for 61 yards netted over 200 yards in total crazy game by him really cool story having to sit out and then he's had some injury issues so it's really cool to see him he's done really good and he showed it in the nation's biggest stage Along with that, Chris Olave has been a beast all year behind Devontae Smith. He's been one of the most impressive wide receivers to watch this year, and it's really helped Justin Fields to have a guy like that. Three receptions, 130 yards, and two TDs for him in this game. Beyond that, let's talk about the tight ends. Clemson was not ready for those tight ends, and tight end play really decided the first half. They helped in the blocking game, and they really balled out helping some passing situations. One name to mention is Jeremy Rucker. Three receptions for 55 yards, and he got himself two touchdowns in that game. Like I said, Ohio State 49 to 28. And that's going to bring up the second topic. We're not just talking about the score. We're talking about Dabo Sweeney, who got ridiculed, blasted over social media for what he said. And it's stupid. Dabo, what he said was dumb. You knew you're playing against this team in the college football playoff. Why would you add more fuel to the fire, especially after they took a close, I repeat it, close loss against you the year before when you had an amazing team. Now, Dabo Sweeney, if you didn't know before the game, and it'd be crazy if you didn't know this because of how much he's getting ripped right now, Dabo Sweeney said that Ohio State was not in his top 10. And when the coach's poll was released the Monday before this college football playoff game, he had them ranked number 11 in the nation. And his reasoning? Well, he said six games puts you in a better spot. Sorry, he said 11 games gives you a better spot to be in physically over a six-game schedule. And he told repeated reporters at ESPN that he didn't think any team that didn't play at least nine games, nine games, deserved to be in the college football playoff. Didn't deserve to be even in his top 10, let alone. (laughs) And it it makes me laugh because these players had no choice, whether they were in the Big Ten or the Pac-12. Their conferences made the decision to cancel their seasons beginning at the start when college football was supposed to begin. And then they decided to revamp it, and with shortened time, they could only play five, six, seven games And it's just dumb that you're going to say, oh, a team like Coastal Carolina or BYU is more deserving than Ohio State because they didn't play a full schedule. Ohio State lost you by a touchdown a year ago in a normal season in the college football playoff. The Big Ten is a really good Power 5 football conference. Despite somewhat having a down year this year, they still had Indiana. They still had Northwestern. Northwestern helped the Big Ten's reputation their day by winning their bowl game. And it's just so unbelievably dumb, in my opinion. That Dabo Sweeney made that comment, and where do you pull nine games from? You're just gonna throw that out there because Clemson played more than nine games. Who do you want to play? You Texas A&M probably should have got in over Notre Dame, but not over Ohio State. Same with Florida. But Dabo saying that is so discrediting to a program that's been there, that's won a national championship, that's played in college football playoffs, that's played in New Year's Six Bowls for the past decade or more, and it's just degrading and a stupid comment, especially when you're about to play him. And 
that's karma. What goes around comes around. Dabo, you got served with what's yours. I mean, even this comment, when he was asked about preparing for OSU, he said, that'll be a quick study for us because there's only six when talking about the games. I just think Dabo Sweeney should have been more thoughtful and concerned over what he said because he knows how good Ohio State is as a football team, as a program, not just this year alone, but the past five, ten years. They've been a really top-tier program. You put them in a category, they'd be in that elite one category. And so to put them 11th is so disrespectful, and that's just going to add a chip on their shoulder. And I'm glad to see that Ohio State won just for the irresponsible comments by their head coach. Besides that, the game was really played offensively in some good Good things to see. Cornell Powell for Clemson, a really good receiving game. Eight receptions, 139 yards, two touchdowns. So that's worth noting as a really big bonus for Clemson. He had a really great night. And a positive note for the defensive side, even though it was pretty high scoring, like I said, the score was 49 to 28 in favor of the Buckeyes. Travis Etienne was only held to 32 yards on the ground on 10 carries. So the run game for Ohio State really stepped up last night and it was cool to see. But now I want to talk about the quarterbacks because I really didn't mention either one of them too much in depth. And first, we're going to talk about Justin Fields. He had a game of games, and I'm never going to take that away from him because I've said in my last podcast, he's a tremendous athlete. I just said drafting him at number two is not as a safe insurance bet as drafting Trevor Lawrence. They're both tremendous athletes. Trevor Lawrence is just more of a stock quarterback. And when I said that in my past podcast, I'm talking about he's likely to get drafted at number two. There's no consideration that he should be drafted at number one. My consideration is that he could be drafted later than number two. And last night following this game, something, it's not just one person, it's multiple accounts and they're talking stupid comments right now. I mean, just flat out stupid, stupid, I'm going to say it one more time, just stupid comments about the NFL draft now. And I'm going to talk about Adam Schefter, who I respect to a high level. I think he's an awesome analyst, one of the best in the game, actually. But he tweets this picture out of Justin Fields photoshopped in a uh, Jacksonville Jaguars jersey and like, you know, comments like thoughts on it or could this be whatever. And I was talking about, I was lifting while watching this Clemson Ohio State game last night and it was midway through the third quarter and I asked my buddy who's lifting with me, I go, you think someone's going to tweet about Justin Fields deserving to be the number one pick over Trevor Lawrence if Ohio State wins? And he's like, oh, oh, no doubt. And I go, man, I, I don't know. Because it just should be so clear cut that Trevor Lawrence is the number one overall pick. It just should be known, let alone his numbers, but just what he's done over the past three years, just watching the guy take reps, take gameplay, how he goes about himself. And it is. And Adam Schefter and all these other sports analysts, whether they're big name ESPN guys, CBS Sports, Fox, whatever, or just even a small podcaster like myself, they should know that this isn't up for debate, that Trevor Lawrence is going to be going to Jacksonville with that number one pick. But they want to have the audacity to try to get, get this clickbait or make a name for themselves or whatever. I don't know what Adam Schefter's feeling. Just stir the pots. You just want likes on tweets. You just want comments. You just want reactions. You just want to mix it up and get things hot because it's not the case. And I'm just going to look into some numbers because people want to dive in and say, oh, Justin Fields. Now they're going to believe this because Adam Schefter says this stuff. They're going to be like, Justin Fields, man, he could be the number one pick. He just defeated Trevor Lawrence. It looked easy out there for him. Well, it's a team game first off. And if you really want to dive into that, Trevor Lawrence was 33 of 48, only 15 incompletions last night. And he still had 400 yards through the air in a college football playoff game. Two touchdowns, one pick at the end of the game really discredited. Don't get me wrong, Justin Fields outplayed him in the fact that his team won and Justin Fields had six touchdowns and was 23 of 28, which is incredible. Excuse me, 22 of 28, which 
again, incredible. Six touchdowns, one interception, and that interception was kind of batted at the line of scrimmage. But other than that, he had a game that solidified himself as the number two pick. Very deserving to go to New York and maybe play right away. But you look at Trevor Lawrence over his past three years, he's a national championship. He only has two losses as a starting quarterback in his career. He has a career 66.6 completion percentage. He has 10,098 yards passing and 90 touchdowns to 17 interceptions, which is a 5.29 to 1 ratio. 90 touchdowns thrown to 17 interceptions. You want to compare that to someone? Let's talk about Patrick Mahomes, which it's at an NFL level, so I get it. It's definitely skewed, but he's uh, Trevor Lawrence is still playing a Power 5 level schedule year in, year out for the past three years. But Patrick Mahomes has 114 touchdowns to 24 interceptions, which everyone drools over, of course, as they should, which is a 4.75 five to one ratio, which has never been seen at the NFL level. And of course, that's why he's so amazing at quarterback. Patrick Mahomes, 4.75 to one ratio. Trevor Lawrence, 5.29 to one ratio through three years, starting quarterback in an ACC caliber team. Sorry, not caliber, ACC team competing for national championships every year. Caliber, championship caliber team is what I'm hinting at. So he is the number one pick. He's the perfect stock quarterback, the build, the height, the strength, the arm power, the ability to move out the lake. He reads defenses extremely well. One of the best quarterbacks to read defenses, multiple looks. He's a great guy. He gets it. And he's the perfect fit for Jacksonville. The fact that we're even debating it even though we all know the clear-cut choice is Trevor Lawrence, and we're just going to say Justin Fields to stir the pot, get the media roaring, get all these stupid, stupid NFL fans to buy into something that's completely fake. And I shouldn't even be reporting it because I'm just buying into it, but that's just how I feel. I think it's dumb that we're even wasting our breaths on these topics that don't matter. Let's talk about who's going third through 10th because that should be important right now, not who's going first or second. It would be dumb for Jacksonville not to take Trevor Lawrence. And that's really just where I'm going to leave it at on that point because... It should be clear because when Trevor Lawrence in 2018, when he was playing in the national championship against Alabama, where they really counted him out, NFL reporters, college football analysts, commentators of that game were saying if Trevor Lawrence was draft eligible that year in 2018, it would be without a doubt he would be the first overall pick in that draft, even as a freshman. So that should speak just set alone on his first year, the greatness that Trevor Lawrence has brought to college football and to Clemson. No discredits to Justin Fields. He's a tremendous athlete. I said he needed to have a big game. He had a great game. I'm excited to see what he does against Alabama. It's going to be a fun national championship. I hope it's a lot closer because it would just make so much more interesting and excitement for college football fans everywhere, or just football fans alone. A great matchup between Ohio State and Alabama. We haven't seen it since Zeke was there. A great college football playoff game in 2015. I'm really looking forward to it. I'll talk about it following the game. Maybe I'll do a little pregame information. Mac Jones versus Justin Fields, Alabama, Ohio State, number one versus number three in the national championship in Miami come January 11th. It's going to be sick to watch, but that's really going to wrap up my podcast around here. This episode, I obviously got a little aggravated towards the end, but it's just how I feel, man. I really do believe that Trevor Lawrence is the number one pick in these debates right now that are coming up and these stupid Photoshop pictures of Justin Fields in a Jags uniform don't even need to be out there. It's obvious. It's been obvious for three years now that Trevor Lawrence is the number one guy and he's going to have a very successful NFL career, hopefully, that he stays healthy. Next podcast, we're going to talk following this week 17 matchups in the NFL. Who gets that one seed in the NFC? How did the two through four look in the AFC? Who gets in in the wild card? A lot to watch, especially in the AFC. So it'll be really cool. We'll talk about that first round uh, wild card weekend. Really excited to keep talking about it. Love these things going. Leave your feedback. Send this to some friends if you got some. And it's been really awesome doing another episode. Thank you for listening to Hill to the Thorn. Peace, guys.